try to play, but you're never gonna beat me. Look the other way, what I'm doing ain't easy. What's going on, everyone? Yes, we are back live on YouTube. This is Drew Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And coming over from Clovis, California, is my co-host, Cody Johnson. Cody. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the live show. We appreciate you guys for joining us. Uh, We have got a jam-packed episode for you guys. As you guys can see in the description, we have the show laid out for you guys. Please do not forget to follow us on social media, subscribe to the YouTube channel, our podcast, follow us on TikTok. Drew's going to be dancing on there pretty soon, so you're not going to want to miss that. So without further ado, guys, let's get going. At the end of that that intro, I always want to do the LeBron James. You know, I wish I had powder, but I always forget to bring it. Because one day I will do it, and I'm going to surprise you. And you're going to be like, "That was pretty awesome." Like, you know, yeah, it was pretty awesome. You know what? We can probably make that happen. What we need to do <laughs> is we need to record you with baby powder in slow motion, and then you do the whole thing, and I'll put it at the end of it. Um, and then we need it at the end result where it falls on like you, and you go, <laughs> and then yeah. we, and then we go right into the show because I think that'd be more fitting than you know you doing it all fancy and all that stuff. Wow, wow. Anyway, yes. Uh, welcome, guys. Thank you so much for uh, joining us, uh, whether you're watching live or you're not. Um, you know, we, we do appreciate you watching this either way. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, when I did this earlier, I was it's a jam packed show like it's jam packed. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So I'm not going to try and uh, teeter around too long. But, uh, you know, I just want to first say uh, um, go follow us on all of our social media sites. We are on TikTok, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we have, obviously, the YouTube. We have, uh, we're on all the major podcasts, Spotify, uh, Apple, iHeart. So go check us out. Subscribe, like. Uh, comment comment on everything uh, if we ha- like specifically on the podcast rate and review we always want to hear from you so please and thank you in advance for all of that so I just wanted to start off by saying that um, Cody I'm going to start off by saying this first mm-hmm. how are you doing man doing well man it's a crazy Thursday as you know for some reason when it's uh, nearly go time there's always something that's in the way and so I'm glad that we're able to record uh, and we got a super exciting show, especially talking about the NFC or AFC North, excuse me. And I know that that's been a fun division we've been talking about recently. And so I'm actually really excited just to dive into a lot of it. Um, yes. but other than that, though, things are going well, man. How's it going on in your neck of the woods? Uh, it's going all right. It's been, uh, it's been a busy week for us. Uh, this is going to be. It's going to be a busy week this week, and then next week it should kind of slow down just a bit, and then next week, uh, my uh, the week after that, excuse me, is going to be uh, my son's birthday. Yeah. So we're planning for that. So yeah. that's going to be um, uh, that's going to be a whole ordeal. So it's going to get busy again. But um, anyway, you know, uh, it's my daughter's last day of school tomorrow. Your, uh, your daughter, well, both of your kids, all three of your kids, um, yep. have finished. They're all done, yep. uh, for the year. So, you know, that's exciting. So, and I know you worked 
at home today. So that yeah. must have been uh, different for you. Yeah, for I did get sure. a thing done today. Yeah, and that's <laughs> for any of those that work remotely that probably have kids that are at home. They're probably dreading the summer because what are you going to do with them? Yeah, <laughs> so for real. Um, and the reason it's been busy for me, at least, and I, and this is how I want to start off. And I just want to say thank you, Cody, for letting me kind of steal this real quick. Mm-hmm. But um, I just wanted to, I wanted to thank and kind of honor everyone that I have on my list here. So bear with me. Um, first of all, I did want to start off, um, you know, I wanted to say happy retirement to my mom. She just retired. I know she's been working very hard for this. So congratulations to you, mom. And uh, I'm so happy that now you only have to look forward to whatever you want to do. So congratulations. Also want to say happy birthday to her. Uh, The day that she retired, she also, it also was her birthday. Uh, So that was, yeah, she planned that out. That was, that was all her. Um, And uh, that was cool. I actually tried to call her at work, ironically, to say happy birthday and happy retirement. Uh Um, And she usually works from it. Well, she used to work now uh, right. from like 9.30 or I'm sorry, 9 to, to 6. And um, I called her at like, it was like 11. And uh, I called and they were like, oh, yeah, she already left. I was like, <laughs> OK. So I called her on her cell and I was like, hey, they said you left. And she's like, yeah, I'm done. And I was like, oh, OK, cool. So what congratulations gonna, to you. Yeah. What are they going to do? Fire? Exactly. Yeah. She probably just <laughs> I mean, at least she told people. Yeah. Uh, then also my oldest sister, uh, Dawn, I wanted to say happy birthday to her. Uh, her birthday, uh, was just recent. I won't say the day, but her birthday was just recently. So I just wanted to say happy birthday to her. Uh, big shout out. I had a lot of graduations First yeah. shout out to, uh, my niece Trinity. Uh, she graduated, uh, from central high school. So congratulations to her. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, she will, uh, continue what she has been doing. Uh, she's very bright, very smart. So I'm sure she'll be very successful at what she does. Um, also wanted to say happy graduation to my nephew, Elric, uh, who actually got into the Fresno state band, uh, on a scholarship. So, uh, that'll be really cool. I told him I'm going to try and Elric, believe me, I'm going to try and get season tickets, but I don't have season ticket money so i either have to get a discount or i'm just gonna have to go to pick and choose certain games so but congratulations to him he worked very hard um he enjoyed school i mean he he worked very hard at what he did and and he's a tremendous musician so yeah i know he'll do great and then i want to say happy graduation by the time this comes out uh he will already be graduated my brother-in-law diego um this kid uh you know is absolutely amazing uh, I love him to death, and and he has been uh, nothing but uh, spectacular to uh, me and my kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's definitely a workout buddy that I have as well, so that's always nice, um, you know. And you know, when we had to stay over at uh, my in laws for a little bit, uh, when my house was down and out, uh, we had to get either coffee, dessert, <laughs> or or dinner for him every single time. And you know what? It felt it was nice because we used to do that. Then we moved out yeah. and we had to come, you know, start in there again for a while. And we, it was like, we never left. We just started yeah. it up again. So it was kind of funny. Um, and then uh, I want to have a shout out to our daughters. First of all, <laughs> I'll say yours, Haley. Um, she got an award, which was outstanding reader. Mm-hmm. So congratulations to her. That is awesome. 
Um, and uh, I know you didn't know about it until after she got the awards. So. Yeah, <laughs> very modest of her. And we found out when she came home, basically she got an award and she had known that she was getting one for a week. Didn't tell anybody. And then it came like, oh, I just got something. Yeah, kids. Awesome. Yeah. No <laughs> so congratulations to her. That's really cool. And uh, I know she'll have fun this summer. Uh, and then I wanted to say a shout out to my daughter, Nadia. Mm-hmm. Um, we had an award ceremony, uh, the beginning of this week, she got honor roll, uh, which honor roll for her school, at least was she had to at least get all A's and right. I mean, it was no problem for her. She did such a great job. She got a mathematician award and a medal for it. Um, and a, and a medal for the honor roll. And then she got Bronco of the year, um, at her school for the second year in a row. That's right. Two time champ. So I just <laughs> wanted to say. Baby, I love you. So proud of you. It sucks that you keep growing up, but I also love it at the same time. I love watching you grow up. So just wanted to have all those shout outs before we even get all this uh, started. So thank you, Cody, for letting me hijack it. But I do appreciate you let me do that. No, it's 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 phenomenal. Actually, I saw it on social media. You told me about it, obviously, on Marco Polo. So mm-hmm. I feel like a proud uncle. So, of course, I I thought I'd take you know, responsibility for her being so smart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the reading part definitely didn't come from me with my daughter, but I'm, I'm very, very, very proud of her and, here as well. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Diego, I've pretty much since I've been with you, you know, I've seen him basically grow up just like you have. So it's been really cool to see him grow up mm-hmm. and stuff. And, um, you know, been very happy to see him graduate high school and i think he graduated college already right because he took some courses that kind of yeah like, he got he got time. his he got his aa degree uh uh-huh. from from Reedley college so um he's gonna be he's actually he'll also be attending uh fresno state as well so that's really cool yeah very cool so shout out to all of them and i know elric he's a friend of the podcast so very proud of yes. him and i don't think yes. i've met trinity but congratulations to her as well so I know that you were really busy in the month of May with graduation. It seemed like every other week you had a new one to go to. So Yeah. There was one week where we had, I think, two graduations and a graduation party. And actually, we've had two retirement parties that we had to go to this week. So, uh-huh. uh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's been an event. <laughs> can't, right on, can't wait for summer. <laughs> Same. it slows down for us so anyway so thank you cody for letting me hijack that so let's get actually started into sports uh sorry for the folks who are listening to that if you don't really care you can skip it. it's fine but i just want to give a shout out to all uh all the people that i love so all right let's get going cody there was nba playoffs uh game three or sorry nba playoffs good god nba uh finals Correct. Um, and uh, game three uh, went to the Celtics. And, um, you know, a lot of people were picking the Celtics. I know I had texted you and I was like, you know, I'm going to pick the Warriors. I, mm-hmm. I didn't feel great about the pick, but I was like, I feel like everyone's going with the Celtics. And usually when that happens, the other team kind of like either gets really close to winning it or does win it. Yeah. So I was just going kind of going on a whim. Uh, in the third quarter, it looked like they might, <laughs> but yeah. unfortunately in the fourth quarter, they completely died. So, um, I mean, what did you, I mean, what did you take from game three? I mean, what, what did it say to you? Well, honestly, I, I felt like that the Celtics were going to defend home court. I felt like, especially the first game in the NBA finals, uh, they wanted to come out, make a statement. 
Um, you know, it was a pretty close game throughout the first half. Second half started. Obviously, the Warriors were down. They made a comeback. But the Celtics just, you know, their defense, their rebounding, their size made a huge difference. For some reason, the Warriors game plan that they used to beat the Celtics in game two, it, it didn't work. But like I had texted you, I think what it would happen is the Celtics role players would, you know, play really well at home because they they play well on on uh, in front of the home crowd. And Marcus Smart did really well. Al Horford had pretty quiet game, but he was really good, solid defensively. All the mm-hmm. Celtic starters basically had at least six plus rebounds, and that was a huge difference because uh, you know Celtics out rebounded the Warriors. I think it was like forty-seven to thirty-one. Um, and like I said, man, like one of the scary things about the Celtics is they have a top-five defense, but they can shoot like the Warriors, um, yeah. and they're really deep. And one of my concerns, and I texted you this, and you'll you you'll probably highlight this when uh, when you bring it up. But, you know, Jordan Poole is so wishy-washy that sometimes he's really good. Game two, he was great. Mm -hmm. You know, game three, he wasn't as good and really you didn't feel his presence. And he just has these performances where, you know, you think he's going to do well and then he disappears. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate because they really could use that third score, especially with Wiggins using all of his energy on the defensive side to contain uh, Tatum or Brown, whoever he's assigned to. So, you know, my big takeaways are, you know, Celtics defended home court. I do think the Warriors will probably bounce back in in game four, but I'm still rocking with Celtics in seven, unfortunately, for the reasons I've outlined. But, mm-hmm. you know, this does hurt me because I'm a Steph fan and I do want him to win these finals for um, legacy reasons. But, you know, they have a tough hill up here battle and, uh, you know, they now it's a, you know, they got to make sure they don't go down 3-1 uh, to the Celtics because they won't win down three one that's for sure um <clears throat> i'll start off by saying this i i was it was it a bad loss for the warriors i think it was i think they had every opportunity to win that game um i think they could have won the game but the fourth quarter i mean wiggins i saw a couple of threes that he took in the fourth quarter wide open i mean absolutely wide open completely whiffed on him yeah uh you know clay thompson obviously we've talked about he hasn't been consistent even though he did have 25 points so not uh awful and he was getting to the free throw line but i think that's where the warriors are starting to kind of see their uh their lack well first i think the warriors i mean i'm looking at the minutes on the bench i mean mm-hmm. it's not great uh i mean Jordan Poole and, and Otto Porter kind of highlight the bench and the rest of the bench is two minutes, three minutes. And then you got Gary Payton who's got 11, uh, 11 minutes. So, yeah, uh, which I mean, not, not huge minutes there. And Kayvon Looney, he only played 17 minutes and, yeah. and they, they played Jordan Poole and, and Porter Jr. a little bit more. And like you said, I mean, Poole has not been consistent. He hasn't been great. Um, I mean, he's been great when uh, when the game is not on the line or they need a big bucket. He's just been kind of, you know, playing his own game. So uh, that's where he's going to have to grow next year. But, I mean, I, I feel like Jordan Poole um, <clears throat> is a guy who you can still play. I feel like a lot of people are kind of, like, beating him down. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he is a guy who potentially could score a lot of points I think you're going to have to still play him a little bit more. Um, and I know the Warriors are probably scared of doing that. But at the same time, I think 
you get him some good experience, whether it goes great for you this year or possibly it'll be good for you next year. So um, I'm just not really happy with the bench, the way it's been happening. Steph Curry has been the only one who can hit a shot. It seems like Uh, Wiggins needs to come up big, a lot bigger. Uh, Draymond Green, he even admitted on his podcast that uh, it was probably one of the worst games he had had in his entire career. So uh, mm-hmm. he, he doesn't expect him to, to do that. Um, you know, Jason Tatum had a, had a pretty good game. I would say had a good fourth quarter. I wouldn't say game necessarily. And that's my worry with the Celtics is I feel like they've been able to kind of coast without Jason Tatum, but I do feel like as the games continue, they're going to need Jason Tatum more. Now, Maybe he'll be better because uh, he kind of had rest in air quotes, mm-hmm. but um, or I guess not used as much. Um, but I do think he is going to have to step up a little bit more. I mean, uh, but I got to say right now, I've been so. I know Jalen Brown has had a had a great uh, a great series so far. He's been really good. Yeah. Um, and I think he could potentially, if the Celtics end up winning this fi- NBA Finals, I think he could potentially actually um, win uh, NBA Finals MVP. Yeah. But I do think someone who should be um, talked about in um, in MVP talks would be Robert Williams. He's been an absolute disruptor for the. I mean, the Warriors are almost scared to go inside every time he's on defense. Yeah. I mean, there was. He had a couple of huge blocks. I mean, we talked about the block that Jalen Brown had on, on Clay Thompson. Yeah. Um, and that was just like a game sealer type block. I mean, it was. It was. I'm not saying it wasn't big, it was huge. But um, I just feel like Williams, everyone. Like the Warriors are really scared to even try and attempt a shot that's around him, uh, which uh, I think really bodes well for the Celtics. Now, the Warriors have these veteran guys that won't be scared to step up and and still try and go inside. So I think they will. But uh, these young guys like like a Jordan Poole, as we've been talking about, or, um, you know, Andrew Wiggins even, I think is going to be a little bit tougher for them to, um, you know, get go inside and, and still be confident in it. So um, that's a little worrisome for me, but uh, in the end, I, I'm still going to stick with the Warriors. I think I, I still pick them in seven, um, you know, a two, one. Yes. You don't want to be down, but at the same time, um, you know, it was the first what home game in Boston uh, in this series. So um, not, not something that was, you know, awful, like to go. I mean, it wasn't something that the Warriors couldn't overcome, but mm-hmm. I do feel like we, we knew going into this game that Boston and the, the garden was going to be absolutely rocking. Um, and I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast. And he was talking yeah. about how, uh, half of Boston was drunk before they even came into the arena. So, uh, <laughs> it was already going to be rowdy. So, yeah, uh, I mean, we knew that going in. So, I'm not super surprised that they lost the way that mm-hmm. they lost was a little, eh, it wasn't great, but you know, the Curry getting injured uh, was a little scary for me. And that yeah. is something I'm definitely going to be watching. If you see him miss a few more shots than you're normally used to seeing, I think it's actually going to tell you that it is affecting him. And if that is the case, the series is over. It's going to be the Celtics. I will have no trouble admitting that, mm-hmm. but if the injury wasn't that bad, which it didn't look like it was that bad, um, and there was a thing, uh, someone, uh, uh, a reporter 
commented saying that he looked a lot better walking today than he did yesterday. So yeah. uh, that's a good sign. So we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, I have just one thing to mention regarding Steph potentially getting injured. And then I have a question, a follow-up question for you regarding the finals. But okay. um, my only thing is this is the second incident with Boston where there's a loose ball. Steph Curry's involved. Mm-hmm. They go dive in. They, they get on his lower leg or his ankle or something like that. I don't know if I'm in the NBA, I'm looking at maybe a rule change. And this is just what I'm bringing up because we're doing all these rule changes to protect the game. You know, you're not allowed to close in on the on the landing spot when a shooter is coming down. So that way you don't you avoid injury. You know, you can't you can't uh, make a certain place at the basket and it be flagrant. I think that when you go diving for a loose ball, I don't think I think it should be considered a flagrant if you go diving and you're landing in the area where like the opponent's legs are at. I just think mm. like it's too dangerous to for players to be aggressive and yeah, they want to, they want to be, uh, you know, hustle plays and that's great and all, but I really don't think that, you know, a hustle play should involve you going to the lower leg and potentially, you know, twisting their ankle, you know, you can blow their ACL, whatever else, you know, I mean, this is again, the second incident and a similar play, uh, where Curry got injured in the lower leg. Granted, it's not nearly as severe, but I mean, I just think it's a dangerous play if, uh, you know, you have players diving and they're kind of going towards the lower leg, especially if a player is not, is like on the ground and can't, you know, protect themselves. I mean, how many plays have we seen in the NFL where a lineman gets his legs caught, he can't move and the pile's getting bigger and what ends up happening? He blows his knee out or something. And the NBA is looking a little bit like that, especially when people are going in the pile they're going for the ball and there's all this movement and all these players going for it at the same time. It's bound to happen. And I think, I think it's some uh, dangerous circumstances that are coming up. I think the NBA should look into changing, but that's just uh, my opinion on that. Erroneous. Erroneous. (laughs) No, no, don't get rid of that. No, I understand where you're, I understand where you're coming from, but I, 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 what how i don't understand how you would how you would really regulate that because mm-hmm. i feel like a hustle play, i mean i still do that i mean i play you know for fun and half of us if the ball is on the on the ground and you know a free for all we'd all dive for it and we're all i mean i'm probably one of the younger guys but mm-hmm. i mean a lot of these guys are in their you know 40s 50s and um you know they still would dive for the ball so I don't know. For me, it's just as as a competitor, as someone who likes competition, um, I just don't see how you would necessarily get rid of that just because, um, you know, it is part of the game. Yes, it can be dangerous. Of course, I understand that. But you kind of know that when you're diving, like, you know, it's not like. I mean, with the NFL, with the rules where you can barely touch the quarterback, I mean, God, I hate that. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's great when it happens, when it's your team, you know, when Carr, you know, barely kind of gets touched on the arm at the end of the throw. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, oh, that's that's a quarter rough in the passer. You know, that's that's 15. Years, which actually never happens because they never call it on Carr. But anyway, no, that's another story. Um, but, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just I think it is. Even though we, you and I still watch football, I think mm-hmm. when we see that play, it's kind of like, God, I, I wish they would just 
get rid of that rule. Like it's sure. really not that bad, you know? And I think that's what we would look at in the NBA. I think after a while we'd be like, okay, they need to bring that back because a flagrant one or, or a personal foul or something is just ridiculous for something like that. I know you, you're, you're saying, I think they should just at least look into it and, right. and I understand where you're coming from. I just don't, I don't see how you could necessarily regulate that. So. Well, I, I mean, I get it, but there's also people were up in arms when, you know, there's that closeout rule. We're like, well, then how are we supposed to play defense? And and players have adjusted, and now it's a common foul, and it's an understood foul. I'm not saying to not Except ever, when it happens to Steph Curry. Sure. Yeah. I'm not ever saying to not make a hustle play or go for the ball. What I'm saying is if, if there's a player that's on the ground, like Steph Curry was in this certain position – and you go diving where his back is towards you and you're going to land on his legs. Whereas you don't do that. I, in my opinion, that looks like more of a foul just because now you're putting that player in a dangerous situation rather than if, if a different player, or you maybe move yourself and go at it at a different angle to then play, make a better play for the loose ball. I'm more thinking of it as like, you know, it's, it's safer if you, just train yourself to move over and then go for the hustle rather than I'm just going to jump on top of this and start creating a dog pile. And then now all hell's going to break loose is what I'm referring to. So essentially what you're trying to say is like, um, like when a, when a, um, a guy goes up for a layup. Okay. And the defender, if he basically stays up straight, usually they won't call it. But if his arms kind of full, well, if he goes up straight or if he tries to like turn where he's like trying to avoid contact, mm-hmm. um, then they won't usually call it. But if the guy kind of goes into him, kind of jumps into him, or he kind of brings his arms down a little bit, or mm-hmm. you know, you know, swats a hand or something, uh, then they will call it. That's kind of what you're saying is like, you know, just. You can keep the dives, but you know right. you got You have to show that you're at least trying to go right. away from it. I would make. I would make the incentive is if you're going to make a diving play, you can't. You can't dive in a da- in a dangerous way towards the opposing player. You have to make a concerted effort to you know do it in a. I know it's hard to say in a safe manner, but I know athletes are or smart enough and athletic enough to make a a subtle change. We're not saying get rid of it. We're just saying don't dive at your opponent's knees because. You know, it's literally their livelihood and God only knows what you're going to do if you go after their knees. So yeah. that's just my only thing. And I'm not saying to get rid of it or outlaw. I'm just saying look into that. Maybe make maybe make some sort of incentive that if that play continues to happen, then it's it's a foul or there's something that goes towards it. So that way it doesn't potentially injure somebody like imagine LeBron James getting his ACL torn because of a loose ball play like what Steph went through. You know, can mm-hmm. you imagine the uproar that would happen. I mean, that was LeBron James and he had a major injury off of that. It's a hustle play, but you know, then you're going to look at, okay, this player dived literally for his legs going after the ball, but it was at his legs. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm thinking. I get what you're saying. I understand where you're coming from. I'm just, my, my point of view is I would rather, I would be okay if they don't get rid of it. It, to me, it doesn't bother me as much, but I do understand the, the thought behind it. So, all right. So my follow-up question is, what changes need to be made for your Warriors to win in seven? Uh, I mean, just more consistency. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's plain and simple. I mean, Clay Thompson needs to be more consistent. And I said, Andrew Wiggins needs to be more consistent. Jordan Poole needs to be more. I mean, basically everyone needs to hold their own weight because you and I had talked about this uh, via text message. 
if Clay Thompson hits a couple of his shots, Andrew Wiggins hits a couple of his shots, Draymond Green doesn't foul out, um, and Jordan Poole hit a couple of shots, mm-hmm. honestly, the Warriors could have easily won that game. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I know, like, watching the game, you're kind of like, it didn't look like it was that close. But in the end, it was. Mm-hmm. And if they made a couple of their shots, they get to the line a little bit more. Um that could be a whole different ball game. I mean, the Warriors could could have won game one if they would have been a little more consistent. So for me, I, I just think it's consistency. And, and I know it's simple and it's vague, but, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the truth. I, I feel like their defense hasn't been bad. Uh, Celtics have had a couple. I mean, Derek White had an amazing game one. Um, um, Tatum hasn't really been great. I mean, except for uh, fourth quarter of, of the last game and Jalen Brown has been Jalen Brown. So, I mean, what can you do about that? But, mm-hmm. and then Horford had a great game one as well, and he hasn't really done much since. So uh, for me, I, I just think it's more consistency. I, and if the Warriors hit a few or more of their shots, I mean, they're going to have a better chance of winning, uh, winning the game. So I, I'm not too worried as much as I think a lot of people have been panicking if you're a Warriors fan or rooting for the Warriors. I don't think it's all that bad. I think it's just you need more consistency. And unfortunately, uh, Clay is still trying to come back from a couple of injuries. So mm-hmm. uh, that's why it's hard for him to be consistent. But the other guys, I don't think they have an excuse. Sorry, I know I, I ended it as you were swing as you were taking a swig. Uh, <laughs> what about your Celtics? How did they how did they finish off? So I think the Celtics need to keep basically doing what they're doing to Draymond Green. Um, you know the fact that Al Horford has the size advantage. In my opinion, I think he has a strength advantage as well. He looks like he's stronger than him. Um, I would I would keep having uh, Al Horford kind of exposing Draymond Green, uh, Green, excuse me, and taking him out on the perimeter, opening up the defense. Just because the length and the size that the Celtics have is being a problem for the Warriors, I'd keep focusing on, you know, taking out Jordan Poole. I'd keep making Andrew Wiggins work on defense because I really think that is affecting him on the offensive side. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously you're not going to be able to stop Clay. It's a collective effort, but, you know, you're not going to do it. So I would take away the people around him that are make- most effective. I think when, when uh, you know, Steve Kerr takes out uh, Kayvon Looney for some reason, doesn't use the rest of his rotation, and uh, he kind of goes with more of a tighter, you know, seven-man rotation and wears everybody out. I don't know what difference the Celtics need to do other than, you know, keep exposing Draymond on the defensive end, let him get in his own head, and, you know, let him repeat what he did in game three, uh, you know, make Wiggins work. And then, you know, make it difficult for Steph or for uh, Clay, excuse me, to get a clean look so that way he can't get in rhythm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a recipe to close it out. And honestly, man, with how they're playing, if they keep up this, uh, their defensive tenacity and being tough and physical, I wouldn't be surprised if Celtics close this out in six, which I hate to say because I think the Warriors are better than that. But, mm-hmm. you know, if the Warriors can't find an answer for this defense, then, you know, it's going to be the series is going to end sooner than we think. Yeah, I, I I feel you on. Excuse me, sorry. Um, I feel you on that. I I do think that the way the Celtics have been playing, the way that Warriors have been playing, there is always a chance that it could be a little bit earlier. But I'm going to stick with my prediction. So, 
Same. We'll go back on it. All right, Cody. Um, so you have a few questions where I need to do my MLB power rankings first. Right? Let's get into your MLB power rankings right now, since I know okay. you haven't done this in a couple of weeks. So I know, and I, I feel bad because I, I've been wanting to do it every single week, and mm-hmm. I kind of blanked on it. So I'm sorry, everyone who was not looking forward to it, but I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> um, well, I'm surprised that I'm actually I'm not surprised that it's gone this long without one. It's a long season, so I mean I think you're forgiven on that. It's not like yeah. it's not like you need to do one every week. But I could have imagined like you know some teams would have been you know in and out of top four and five because that's yeah. essentially the only two positions that are that are changing right now. But yeah, let's go ahead and get into your top five and start it off. What uh, where do you have everyone and why? Well, um, I have the New York Yankees at one. Um, obviously, best record in baseball right now. I thought this would cool off. Jameson Tyon almost had a, um, uh, I want to say it was a perfect game. He had it through, oh man, seven innings, I believe. Was it a perfect uh, game or a no hitter? It was a perfect game. Mm. And, uh, and then uh, I, I believe someone got a hit and ended it. But, um, he he's been surprisingly well. I mean, he used to picture Pittsburgh and he always struggled with either command or, um, you know, sometimes a little bit of control of his pitches. And, um, and so he walked a lot of guys would leave pitches, you know, down the middle. So home runs hits were always kind of an issue for him. He comes to the Yankees kind of always struggled with injuries as well. And he comes to the Yankees and this year he's been absolutely lights out. I mean, Garrett Cole has been really good, but he hasn't even been the best picture for them. I think I would honestly say probably Jameson Tyone so far. Uh, Nestor Cortez had a phenomenal game as well. Um, in the last outing that he had. So the Yankees are really good. Um, I'm actually very surprised, even with how bad Joey Gallo has been. Mm-hmm. Um, the Yankees are are really interesting. I, I thought their bullpen would kind of start struggling a little bit. They've still been going strong. Usually you start seeing bullpens, uh, if they're not good, you start seeing them kind of tank a little bit um, going into uh, late June. So we'll see. We still have, you know, about, about three weeks left. but. Um, you know, they're, they're winning and that's all you need to do right now. Yeah. Um, then I have the New York Mets. I have them over the Dodgers because they just recently, uh, won the series over the Dodgers. Listen, I, I've been on a high, very high on the Mets. They have kind of started slowing down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do still like their team a lot. They have obviously struggled with injuries, uh, Jacob DeGrom, who freaking knows what's going on with that. I mean, I was so excited to see him pitch. But he he should have been back by now, and something else happened. And, God, this guy just can't stay healthy. And he would just be lights out for the New York Mets. And they need him right now. Yeah. Um, but, he must be uh, hanging out with Steven Strasburg. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, when, if and when they get, DeGrom back uh this Mets team is already playing the way they're playing they're going to be even more scary so uh watch out uh in the uh NL East there uh then I have the Dodgers at three I mean I don't really have much else to say other than this team is just completely loaded uh when their pitching breaks down their hitting steps up when their hitting uh is breaking down their pitching steps up so they just have a great 
everything. I mean, their bullpen, I think, is their weakest point, and I don't think it's that bad. Um, you know, Mookie Betts has been phenomenal. Um, he, I just saw him. Uh, they had a game against uh, the White Sox, and he made like a little diving catch that he made it look easy, and it's not easy at all. As someone who has played outfield, it's not easy uh, to make that catch, and he made it look so. And he popped up like it was nothing. It was just like God, I, I hate you, but I just respect how well you are, how good you are, man. It's just dang it. Uh, so good, good for them. Uh, then the San Diego Padres, they have still been going very strong. Yeah. Manny Machado is looking like he should be the leader of the Padres. I know they want it to be Tatis, but this guy is, well, first, he's injured all the time. Uh, you know, secondly, um, you know, he's still very young, so he's still learning the game. Manny Machado has been around for a while, and he's playing absolutely lights out. This Padres team they just keep winning. I mean, they kind of started off a little slow. They were kind of struggling, but once he started getting hot, they started getting hot. So Padres, very scary team. Uh, they are, they're going to be interesting going down the stretch. And then I have the Houston Astros as much as I don't want to put the Astros on any kind of list other than uh, frauds of world series champions. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, they've been playing really well. I mean, Jordan Alvarez is someone that isn't talked about enough. Mm-hmm. He is um, a big time home run hitter and he's, he's a guy who can hit for average as well. He's got probably as much power as Aaron judge. Um, but um, I think Aaron judge is more of a consistent hitter than Alvarez, mm-hmm. but overall this guy is really, really, really good. Um, and then uh, Kyle Tucker, he had it. He started off horrible this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, I think he was under the Mendoza line, um, but he just started raking all of a sudden he got hot and he's just kept it up. He's been hitting so well. Uh, and then their starting rotation has been nothing but consistent. I mean, their guys, their their starting rotation, they'll give up an, an average of like three runs, but their lineup is good enough to to get more than that. And their starting pitching just kind of keeps them in the game. Bullpen comes in, and the bullpen has done pretty well. So, mm-hmm. uh, Houston Astros number five. They're probably going to be a little scarier too once uh, Jose Alvarez or Jose um, Altuve. Altuve, excuse me. And Alex Bregman, if they start hitting a little bit better, because they're both kind of struggling for some reason this late in the season. But you well, know, it, you know, we'll wait until after All Star break. Maybe they can turn it around. But I mean, they could be closer to, you know, being competitive with you know the likes of the Dodgers, because um, they're always competitive. It seems like every year they start off slow, they, and then yeah. they pick it up sometime at the end of the year. So. Yeah, yeah. Altuve's not hitting well. He's he's kind of in the slump. Bregman is. I don't know what's going on with him right now, but uh, yeah, he's well. There's no trash cans, so that's probably why. There you go. <laughs> he is the trash can. <laughs> all right, that's all I got, man. All right, right on, man. Well, hey, it's a pretty good list. I can't really say too much. Um, I'm sure it'll change next week. So, <laughs> yeah, anyways, I, anyways, we're gonna go right into Drew Take questions now. This is probably right. my favorite part of the show now, other than when we do the NFL record predicting now. So, yeah. All right, so we're going to stick with baseball for you, Drew, because I know you love it so much. So yes, sir. earlier this week, the uh, Angels fired Joe Madden uh, after, at the time, they were losing 12 in a row. I think that they're at 14 now. I don't remember if they played or not today, but I'm just I'll curious. Check. Did you agree with Joe Madden getting fired by the Angels? 
No, I don't. Um, I think if you're a team that's is having some struggles, mm-hmm. uh, you need a manager who's been there, done that type of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I know they're losing with him, but at the same time, he is a guy who has been proven. He is a guy who, um, you know, can turn teams around. I think there's a lot of factors that has happened. Um, but, um, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't agree with it. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's too early for that. Yes. I understand it is a, a tremendous losing streak, something right. that you don't see a ton in baseball ever. Um, How many seasons was Madden with the angels? Uh, I believe this was his third year. So he had wow, two years third in change. Year, third year. Yeah. And they're already getting rid of him. Yeah. So, and it's not like they were getting worse. I mean, uh, they're just unfortunately losing games that they probably should win, of course, but mm-hmm. it, I don't think the losing streak really shows how well they've actually been and they've been playing. I mean, they're not like, like they lost to um, the Red Sox uh, today as we're recording on Thursday, mm-hmm. lost to the Red Sox five to two. Otani pitched. I mean, it was a game that they could have, they were ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. They did win. Um, they did win today. So they, they oh, ended okay. their they streak. I read that wrong. Yeah. So okay. the, but the day before, excuse me, is what I was trying to look at. They were losing, uh, they lost one to nothing. They had seven hits, but they had right. two errors, which allowed a run uh, for the Red Sox or, you know, gave them an opportunity for the run. So I, to me, it's, they're not, they weren't playing that bad. They weren't that bad. Um, you know, I think maybe the organization thought it would, you know, light a spark, but it's like, you got to play the long game here. Yeah. Baseball is such a long season that you fire your coach, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you're just thinking of it short term. Oh, right now it's going bad. But what happens when, you know, what happens when uh, you know, they need some big decisions to make and this guy has no idea what to do because he hasn't been in those situations. That's yeah. why it was so important to have Joe Madden. And it just goes to show you, you can have the, I mean, arguably the two best players in baseball and uh, you still not really be successful. So that's yeah. how crazy baseball can be. Well, I think they're trying to copy what the Phillies did, both letting go of Joe Girardi and, uh, you know, the Phillies, <laughs> what have won four out of five, I think, since then. And yeah, uh, we'll see how angels, angels can't do the same thing. But anyways, OK, moving on. Second baseball question. So our Giants drew traded for um, Austin wins from mm-hmm. Fresno State. That's right. And we sent down Joey Bart to triple A. Mm-hmm. So I have to ask the unfortunate question: it, Do we need to start thinking if Joey but Joey Bart is a bust? Um, I wouldn't say bust. I won't. I won't go that far. But I do think it is a little worrisome mm-hmm. um, that um, that he couldn't really get it done. Um, this was his opportunity. There's no Buster Posey. Literally, no one was in his way. Um, just had to. Hit and if you look at his triple A numbers, and I understand his triple A, but he was a consistent hitter. Um, he had some pop, and he showed that in the majors that he had some pop. Mm-hmm. But he just kept striking out. Um, and he, I would watch a lot of his at bats, and he would foul some pictures off, and he would hit them hard, make great contact, but was just too early to or too late on him. 
Um, but I think the other issue that you could run into if you're Joey Bart is Austin wins the way he came into the Giants. Mm-hmm. He got a hit. He got an RBI single. Um, he threw a guy out uh, trying to steal a bag. Yeah. Um, and then um, Logan Webb was actually interviewed. Um, and they asked him about Austin wins. And he said that right away, he told me he watched my last like three starts and he saw that I did this, this, and this right. And, you know, maybe change this up a little bit and was just like going super in depth. And he just met this guy. Right. So that could become an issue for Joey Bart. This guy is here to win this uh, spot. Um, and so if you're Joey Bart, you're really going to have to, focus because uh this could be a particular and i think joey bart still has potential and i i I was hearing a um on a giants podcast they were talking about if you send him down to triple a this he could not be he may not be like a good trade piece anymore if you're going to try and trade him Mm -hmm. i would disagree with that i think if i think a lot of people will still see the potential that he has he just has to be a little more consistent some teams will believe that they can get that out of him or mm-hmm. that they're going to take a chance on him. And I do feel like that could be uh, be the case. But I do think we're going to see Joey Bart again. I really I don't think he's a bust. I do think he is a good player. Um, I think he had a lot of pressure. You're coming in and you gotta you got to cover for Buster Posey. Honestly, I think it would have been better if Buster Posey was here uh, to help him learn a little bit more and, and gain that confidence. So unfortunately he had to be sent down and it was, it was a, a move that needed to be made um, as much as I didn't want to see it happen. It, it needed to be made. So, yeah, I know that's a tough one for you, but it's gotta be asked. I mean, he was a highly touted prospect for us and yeah. it's just disheartening that he, he's not coming around. And like you said, triple a looks great, but you know, we, when we need him, you know, he just not showing up and that's what we need him yeah. for. All right, so two more questions to go, Drew. So uh, this week, uh, there's been some NBA hot topics going on, uh, notably length of uh, length of the NBA regular season. So I am wanting to know, do you think the NBA should shorten the season or keep it the same? And if we shorten it, what's your proposed number of games that you would like to see? I think they should shorten it. Um, I just think that they try because of, they don't want to do the back-to-back games anymore. Um, which I think was actually a benefit for how the season was viewed now that they're really not doing back-to-back games. I think that's why it seems so long. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like they should shorten it up. I would say this is, would probably be unpopular, but I would say like, maybe go to like, 70 71 i would honestly i would say 65 if i'm if i'm being truly honest i would say 65 because first you want an odd number so that way you don't have uh you know it's it's harder to have these yeah these tie records and Mm -hmm. you got to figure out whatever so i think 65 um and i think 65 is good you know that kind of shortens a lot of what um what the season is and it makes it a little more urgent Mm-hmm. um of winning these games um and you know you're not it's not going to be that long of a season if your you know team is um you know 17 and you know uh 41 you know right. <laughs> like you, you don't want to keep watching this this crap over and over if your team is just completely out of it so yeah. um I, I think they should shorten it i would shorten it quite a bit because 
uh, it creates urgency as, as the guy I listen to Colin Coward always says, you create urgency, you create drama, which gets people to watch more. And I, I a hundred percent agree. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's why NFL playoffs are so popular because it's one game, you know, that's why you have to watch it. That mm-hmm. playoff game is on. You have to watch it. Um, whether I like the wild card game or not, I, I always thought maybe the wild card game for baseball and, and postseason should be three games. Whether I like it or not, it creates urgency. I want to watch those games because it's win and you're in. Yeah, you know, and you lose, you're out. So um, urgency does really work uh, in every sport, and so I think I think the NBA needs to do that. And this whole three days in between the NBA final games is ridiculous. They need to have one game like they had been doing all all playoffs. Right. I think it's bogus. I know it it creates well, like, I can, oh, it I can solve that this. problem. I can solve that three day problem. Have it at a neutral site. Kind of like what they did with yeah. the bubble. Have it yeah, at a neutral bubble. site. Do it every other day and it'll be done in a week. So they'll never do that. I, hope I know, but that. I'm just saying I solved it, but no one's gonna want no one no likes one's the answer. Yeah. So anyways, okay. Well then I think the follow up would be next time, not now would be at 65 games and how do we, you know, how do we judge today's NBA with back then when it was 82 in terms of records and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I think that's another rabbit hole to go down, but we'll, we'll table that for another, for another time. All right. Last one. This one has been kind of important and it's actually kind of a serious one. I think you know where I'm getting at with it. We've been talking about it all week. So um, obviously Deshaun Watson's had some new, um, a new allegation come out against him, another lawsuit. Uh, a New York Times report came out that about 66 women over a 17-month uh, period uh, basically wears masseuse at one point in time. And there have been multiple ones on the article that I mentioned where they all had similar stories about sexual misconduct or harassment done by Watson, allegedly, of course. Um, so, Drew, just I don't know how to lead into this, but what's your thoughts on the new allegations and how the NFL and the Browns are handling the situation as of today? Well, first I'll answer the question that you had first, which was, um, um, oh shoot. I just totally lost what I was about to say. Um, well, I'll answer the, what you just asked then. Uh, how are they handling it? NFL's handling it horribly, 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 horribly. This is dumb. Uh, I mean, I understand it's a civil suit, but 66, you got to be kidding me with this. You got to be, you can't tell me that they did all their research and were like, well, we're still not sure. 66 women. You got to be kidding me. How is this even still a story? How are we still talking about, is he going to be suspended or not? He should Mm -hmm. be suspended. This is dumb. He, he should be, um, Absolutely out of the league. I mean, you brought up a really good point, and I'm sure you'll bring it up again. The whole um, Trevor Bauer with with MLB. MLB was like, no, thank you. You can go. <laughs> right. And he wasn't even convicted. So what is the NFL waiting for? Mm-hmm. What What are we? What else do we need? There's no way in hell that um, in the beginning it was 25 women that we were talking about, you and I, mm-hmm. and there's no way in hell that these 25 women all got together and like, well, we're just going to take his money. We're going to take his money. Um, And they all were able to have the same story. No, there's no way that happens. You're telling the NFL is basically saying you're lying. 
We -hmm. believe that 25 women, now 66 women, are absolutely lying. That's what it says to me. And then the Browns, you were like, I don't think they could have, they could have just like glanced over it. Obviously they did, Cody, because Mm -hmm. this is ridiculous. Uh, it, It shouldn't be a story. It, he should be completely away from the game of football. We shouldn't even be talking about it. The Browns are dumb for even signing him. I mean, mm-hmm. good Lord. Right. Um, and uh, my wife actually brought up, a. Uh, she was saying something like, if 25 women were really coming together to try and get money, Deshaun Watson is not the person you're going to go after. There's other quarterbacks that mm-hmm. have a little bit more money that you could really – Right. Uh, ring out Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, there, there are other, there are other quarterbacks that you could have gone after. And he, at the time he wasn't even paid yet. Right. So that's another thing. So uh, I, it, it shouldn't be a story. This is absolutely disgusting. Um, and I'm amazed. I'm yeah. amazed that we're still talking about it. Yeah, so I'll so I'm just gonna give my two cents, and I'll be very brief because I I as I've told you I can get on a soapbox about this because it just it 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 bothers me a lot. But um, you know what I mean by the Browns not doing their due diligence, or you know I think they did. I'm saying that in a way that they knew and they chose to ignore it and still decide to give him two hundred and thirty million dollars. That's what I'm talking about. Like. You cannot tell me that all these NFL teams that have all their private investigators, all this money invested in a player, that they're not going to try to turn over every stone to see what's going on. I'm pretty certain that most NFL teams know more stuff that is behind the scenes of their players if they have any baggage than what they lead on to. And I'm saying that, you know, I'm saying that the Browns probably did do some homework on this. And I don't mean to say like, Oh, they talked to so-and-so and and they got a thumbs up. So it was all okay. I'm saying that they knew that this could potentially happen because this, you know, they have some inside people that could have given them some information and they chose to ignore that still is what I'm talking about. Um, The Houston Texans, they basically enabled him to do this um, where they were giving out NDAs and setting up these appointments, giving him a facility to go and get all this, you know, done basically is what the article outlines. Um, so it's just, it bothers me a lot that it demonstrates that the NFL doesn't give a crap about females. They don't take this seriously. And it's a, it's a terrible look and it's very, very frustrating. Cause you know, you, I have two daughters, you have a, you have a daughter. I know that you have, you know, several sisters. I have a sister. This is just a spit in the face to anybody that, you know, that, has women in their lives that they value just because it just shows that they they don't care so anyways i'm gonna get off my soapbox but that's my thoughts about it but that's the last drew take question i have for you so i think we are ready for a break drew if i'm not mistaken (laughs) yes all right we'll be right back you guys and we'll be doing the afc north division record predictions and i am so curious to see what you got drew so when we get when we come back we'll be doing that so stay tuned guys I know you saw it, so that's okay. (laughs) No, it's all right. And we're back. That's right. All right, Cody, we're going to have to go through this a little quick here. Okay. Uh, But uh, AFC North, sir. Um, So uh, last week we did the NFC North, um, Mm -hmm. and I believe we started uh, four up. 
Yep. And we kind of alternated. I think we should do that again. Okay. Uh, so we're going to start with you, Cody. Um, right. AFC North predictions. Uh, well, I'll first off start off by saying this, um, that last year, I had it right up here now. Oh, there it is. Uh, last year, the Baltimore Ravens were the fourth uh, team in the division. They were eight and nine, but one and five in the division. That's why they were last. Cleveland Browns were eight and nine, but three and three in, in the division. So that's why they were third. Uh, that's why they were over the Ravens. Uh, then the Steelers went nine, seven, and one and actually made, a, uh, made the playoffs. And then the uh, Cincinnati Bengals obviously made it to the uh, Super Bowl who had a record of 10 and seven. So Cody kick it off first. Who is number four in the division this year? All right. This is a tough one. I'm going with the Bengals. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not going with the Bengals. That's, <laughs> that's a little pun. Sorry. All right. So fourth place team I have is the Cleveland Brown. Um, I think for obvious reasons, one, they're not having Baker Mayfield this season. Not that that is a bad thing, but they had a lot of turmoil. They're going to have a lot of distractions with the whole Deshaun Watson thing. They do not have OBJ. They do not have Jarvis Landry any longer. They do still have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, but they did add Amari Cooper. Uh, question is still, like, who's going to be the quarterback? I think if Case Keenum is still on there, um, you know, Stefanski could, could make the Browns a competitive team with um, – Keenum if he's still on the team but I have the Browns finishing in fourth place at six and 11 um, the only notable games I have here is you know I have them winning and losing majority of their division games um, you know a couple of games I see them winning mainly are like Carolina Atlanta but I see them going on a losing streak basically from when they go to Baltimore all the way to when they go to Houston, I have them losing that entire stretch. That's about a five game losing streak. I have them on. I see them winning in Houston because that's Houston losing their next couple of divisional opponents and then finishing the year ultimately at six and 11. So that's where I have the Bengals or excuse me, the Browns in fourth place. <laughs> you keep saying the Bengals now. <laughs> <laughs> I screwed myself over at the top. Um, you know, I, I, I have the Steelers at number four. Um, I I didn't think this offense was that talented to begin with. I mean, Najee Harris was was a nice player. Uh, you know, Johnson had a really good year, the receiver. Um, and, you know, Claypool wasn't very consistent, obviously, Big Ben being gone now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, I don't think, makes the Steelers terrible. I don't think it was a bad signing. Um, or if they go with Kenny Pickett, whatever, whichever one they, they end up going with. Um, but I, I just, <clears throat> the games that they should win, I feel like they're going to win. I have them splitting games literally against every division or every uh, team in this division. So win one, lose one against Bengals um, and Cleveland and Baltimore. So um, I think that's that's a plus. I mean, they have a really good defense. I still love their defense, mm-hmm. but I do feel like their secondary um, kind of can get beat um, a little bit too often. Um, and like I said, I just – Ben Roethlisberger had such a connection with Johnson and uh, the tight end. I don't know if Trubisky will. I mean, Trubisky had some good receivers in Chicago, really couldn't do anything with them. So 
Um, you know, that's my little worry about the Steelers. Uh, I think mm-hmm. Harris is nice. I don't like their offensive line, to be honest. I think it's gotten worse and worse over the last couple of years. So uh, that's a little worrisome for me as well. But, you know, I think they beat, you know, a Jets team. I think they beat a Saints team, the Falcons, the Panthers. I don't think those are hard games. But uh, games that I was kind of in between, I just kind of gave to the other team, like the Patriots, um, obviously the Bills, Buccaneers. I like the Dolphins. I don't think that's a surprise that I have them beating the Steelers. Um, Eagles, Colts. Raiders. I mean, I just I feel like that all makes sense that they would lose those games and the other games they would win. Um, you know, plus or minus maybe a couple of uh, a couple of losses maybe in the division. It's possible they could have a better record, could have a worse record, but I just from what I was looking at, I just feel like a seven and ten record is is uh, what they're going to do. Um. So, do you want me to go number three, or you want me to pass it to you? Uh, I'll take on number three, and then we'll we'll alternate to start off the next number instead of going back to back. So, right. I'll I'll go with number three for me. I actually have the Steelers in third place at eight and nine, so I'm a little higher on them just because I actually believe in their coaching staff, and with Brian Flores being, you know, now on the coaching staff as well with helping the defensive side of it and being assisted to Tom, uh, to Tom, uh, excuse me, <laughs> holy crap. Mike I'm Tomlin. Like Mike Tomlin. Holy cow. I was thinking of Tomlinson <laughs> for some reason. Anyways, uh, Mike Tomlin, um, you know, he hasn't, he's never had a losing season. They got into the wild card um, at the end of last season by happenstance, thanks to the Raiders. <laughs> so, but, um, you know, I do think that, you know, with Claypool, with Johnson, Harris, um, I think that they have a pretty good offensive unit. You're right. Their line is kind of worrisome as if, you know, like basically what their division rival Bengals were like last year where it wasn't very dependable. But, you know, I think that Trubisky could be serviceable. I'm not really sure how I feel about Kenny Pickett, though, if I'm being honest, even if he was the quarterback. So I'm not really sold on him. We'll see how it goes. I don't see him as like a huge gunslinger. I'm I don't know if he's going to make this offense that much better until they get a better offensive line. But I do think that the coaching of Tomlin and of Brian Flores will be a, will help them get through the season. Uh, so I have them finishing eight and nine. A couple of notable wins I do have is, you know, majority division uh, splits, of course, with their own uh, rivals. Uh, you know, I do actually have them beating Miami in Miami earlier in the season just because, Again, we'll get this is another topic, but, you know, I think Miami has a lot of issues and I think the Steelers are more formed team and, you know, are better equipped to handle them. But, you know, I do see them losing to, you know, obviously Tampa. I do see them losing to Philadelphia. Uh, I do see them, you know, winning a game such as in New Orleans, who's actually an underrated team, in my opinion. But, you know, I don't think that this is enough for the Steelers to get into the playoffs or make another wild card. But I have them in third place at eight and nine. All right, I have the Browns at three, um, so we just kind of swap three and four. Um, I have them at eight and nine, um, and the reason being, I, I, I figured Watson honestly wasn't going to play. This is actually me thinking Watson was going to play. I actually do feel like, and I told you this, I do feel like Mayfield could end up potentially still playing for the Browns, and if he does, I don't think this team is that bad. Even with mm-hmm. Case Keenum, 
I still don't think they're as bad as what we would think they would. Yes, there could. I mean, obviously, there's going to be a lot of noise. There's going to be a lot of distractions. So um, it could be, you know, as bad as like a two win season for the Browns, I think, potentially. Um, But I think that defense is too good uh, Mm -hmm. if you're the Browns. Um, they did get Amari Cooper, who I do think is an upgrade over Jarvis Landry. I like Jarvis Landry, but I do think overall Amari Cooper is a better receiver in terms of, uh, well, everything really. Um, so, you know, I, I like Amari Cooper and then, you know, Nick Chubb, I mean, he's still there. That offensive line, um, is a little, I mean, they lost like a guy or two, but I mean, honestly, I still think that offensive line is still beastly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think they have a pretty solid team. I mean, the receivers, other than Amari Cooper, aren't fantastic. So um, that would be a little worrisome. But like we said, they, they signed David Njoku, um, still have Austin Hooper, so they have a pretty good tight end core as well. So I actually still like the Browns, even if it's Case Keenum, the coach, or mm-hmm. coach, the uh, quarterback. Um, but I do think there is a real good chance that Mayfield could end up coming back. Um, you know, I saw a funny tweet um, that it was it was the Happy Gilmore scene where Happy comes back to Chubbs and is like, uh, I'm stupid. You're smart. Uh, I'm a loser. You're a winner. Um, I was wrong. You were right. <laughs> and he's like, OK, so and it was like <laughs> the Cleveland Brown GM coming back to Baker Mayfield. Yeah. So I do. I still do think because I had said and I'm not going to go all all the way into it, but I do feel like Baker Mayfield um, could save face a little bit in the sense of, you know, he has had a lot of controversy issues. And I feel like if he'd said, hey, I'm going to come back for one more year, but I'm gone after this year. I think a lot of people would respect that. And I think teams would notice that, Hey, at least he didn't give up on his teammates. He, he still was, he still believed in this team and he still believed in his players. I want a guy like that on my team. So he could potentially be signed by another team. So um, I think that would actually be, it would go a little bit further where he wouldn't have to settle for a backup job. He could have a starting job next year as well. So I do think there is a big potential that he could come back. Who knows? I could be completely off uh, because we've seen him before where he's a little petty um, and he could go that route. And you know what? He has every right to. But I'm just saying in terms of long term goal, I think Mm -hmm. it might be smart to stay with the Browns. So but anyway, I have the Browns at eight and nine. Um, Not too not too crazy here. Honestly, it's, you know, games that they should lose. They lose Mm -hmm. Um, games that they should win. They win. I think New Orleans and Washington are teams that they could end up winning or losing um, Atlanta as well. Um, And so I just, I see a lot of uh, anything can go in that situation, but ultimately um, they face Atlanta in Atlanta. So I actually gave Atlanta the win, Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, the New Orleans game, I kind of gave it to the Saints or I, um, I gave it to the Browns because it's in Cleveland, the commanders, I mean, we saw Week 17 uh, Carson Wentz last year, uh, you know, against the Raiders, and uh, that didn't go well for him. So I just went with my gut and said I think it would be the Browns again. I think Wentz would choke again. So that's what I that's what I predicted. Gotcha. All right. So for number two in the AFC North, I have the Baltimore Ravens finishing at nine and eight. Um, 
I'm not a big fan of their offense. If I'm being honest, um, they really Honestly. don't have they really don't have a receiver that comes to mind other than Bateman. I don't know who their number two guy is. They do have Mark Andrews, who's probably like top three or top five tight end in the NFL right now. He's very, very good, very underrated. Probably really their only major offensive weapon outside of Lamar Jackson that they do have. Um, and it's not a slight against Lamar Jackson. I just think that the Ravens haven't done a good job at finding him some sort of receiving help, whether that's in free agency, whether that's through the draft, um, you know, and then there's some question marks at their running back position. You know, uh, JK Dobbs could be coming back from his injury. Uh, Gus Edwards also could be coming back from the injury. We don't know how ready they'll be at the start of the season. Um, you know, their defense is also obviously solid, but you know, if the offense doesn't can't stay on the field long enough to put pressure on the opposing defense, and if they turn the ball over too many three and outs, and then that, you know, the Ravens defense goes back on the field and can get worn out and give up big plays. So I, I just, I mean, I think the Ravens, like I mentioned, will finish second. They'll be nine and eight. Uh, Harbaugh is a great coach. Lamar Jackson will, is a good player, of course. I just don't know what they're doing with their offense. That kind of makes me a little nervous. So that's why I have them second place at nine and eight. I have the Bengals at nine and eight. Um, and I like Whoa. what the Bengals, I like what the Bengals Whoa. have done, but I think. It's a very real thing of the Super Bowl hangover, mm-hmm. uh, specifically with teams who have lost. They usually take a giant step back. I'm only having them lose one more game than they did last year. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's that bad, but I do feel like their schedule is a little tough. They do mm-hmm. face teams like the Bills, the Buccaneers, the Chiefs, obviously the Steelers, the Ravens, the the oh, you know the Browns, I guess. Um, but then, you know, they face teams like, you know, the Dolphins who that could go up in the air. I feel like the Saints game could go up in the air for the Bengals. Um, but I do see them, you know, beating like a Cowboys team. They play the Jets, the Falcons, Panthers. I think those are all easy, winnable games for them. But like a Tennessee and New England, I think those are no- other games that could go either way. So I do feel like their schedule is kind of um, a little scary for me. Um, I think their offensive line, they have upgraded somewhat, but I don't think it's as good because that offensive line was awful, awful. And a Tennessee Titans team was absolutely dismantling that offensive line and they don't even have that good of a pass rush. So to me, that was really, really scary. Um, But I do feel like a second year with Jamar Chase uh-huh. Um, you know how I feel about second-year players. I think NFL teams figure guys out. Now, I think Jamar Chase is special. I don't think he's going to be completely shut down, but I do think he's going to have some struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Joe Mixon, he actually had a really good year. Um, I, I expect him to have a little bit better of a year, um, but in terms like Tyler Boyd, he wasn't used as much, so I'm a little concerned about him. Uh, I feel like he should be used a little bit more. Uh, that way you can kind of open up Jamar Chase a little bit more. So we'll see if they do that. But honestly, one of the big things that I have them is is their defense. I, I'm actually not – their defense played really well last year, mm-hmm. but I, I'm, I'm not sold on what they've done this offseason. I don't think they really did much improving on the defense, in my opinion. Um, and so – 
And I just think their schedule. Honestly, it's mainly their schedule that I feel like is is really tough. They have a yeah. lot of games that you know in Dallas. I, I think that could go either way. Even though I'm not very high on Dallas, I still think Dallas is a different place to play at. You know, if you understand what I'm saying, New Orleans is absolutely crazy. Um, Tennessee is an interesting place at Tampa, at New England. Those are really tough games. Yeah, they see the Buffalo at home, but I think Buffalo is one of those teams that could literally win on any field. Right. So um, I just think they're they're running into a tough schedule. And if history does repeat itself, teams who lose the Super Bowl really have a hard time the next year. So, wow, I I'm I got to be honest, man. I'm I'm shocked. I did not think that you had them in a worse record than they did last year. Granted it's one game, but in my opinion, that's a, that's a big step back in terms of, of what they just did. But I'll, uh, I'll wrap my end up by saying that I have them finishing the division, obviously at number one, I have their record at being a 12 and five. I know that you mentioned that you didn't feel like that they address the offensive line very much. So I know that at the start of free agency, they signed uh, a guard in Alex Kappa. They also signed offensive lineman Ted Cars, uh, and they did also sign offensive tackle Lionel Collins, mm-hmm. who Lionel was Collins. with the Cowboys, and he was rated basically the number one tackle that was available when the Cowboys cut him and the Bengals mm-hmm. got him. They just added depth and the number one tackle in the league. In my opinion, like that, that basically fixed what their issues was. It kept everyone else intact. They, I mean, even side Eli Apple, which no offense, but Eli Apple is a serviceable defensive back at best. He's not elite, so let's not get that twisted. But the Bengals' defense throughout last season was a pretty tenacious defense, but they were subpar. I mean, when they had to get stops, they got stops. They were able to get pressure to the quarterback. They weren't elite. Um, you know, when they needed a big play, they made a big play. But they also didn't lose any major players, in my opinion. But they did add some offensive, you know, offensive linemen that they desperately needed. Joe Burrow now comes back, not injured, with a full offseason. Uh, Zach Taylor basically is an offensive-minded coach, which your guy, Colin Cowherd, says that when you have a great quarterback, an offensive-minded head coach, things really go well for you. I think that Jamar Chase, you're right. They do have tape on him, but that didn't stop Justin Jefferson from having another breakout year in his second year, and I think Jamar Chase will continue to have a a really good year. They still have T. Higgins. Tyler Boyd, is he going to be more incorporated with the offense? He might be. Maybe it's a scheme thing. Maybe it's, uh, it's just a, uh, a coverage thing as well. And Joe Mixon now behind this improved offensive line, I think makes him even more serviceable and even better. So in my opinion, I think the Bengals have improved tremendously and I have them finishing at 12 and five. I know that you mentioned in their schedule. I am not afraid of them going to Dallas and beating Dallas. I think that's an easily winnable game. I think Miami, they can beat Miami. I think that they can go into Baltimore and beat Baltimore. Cause again, I don't know what Baltimore is doing with their offense. And I don't know if Baltimore has enough, defensive weapons to keep up with the Bengals. 
Um, you know, I do have the Bengals beating Tennessee. I don't like Tennessee's offense. We'll talk about that when we get to their division. Um, that I have Bengals defeating them. Really, the only teams I see the Bengals losing to are, you know, the Saints. Uh, splitting a game with Pittsburgh, you know, losing at Pittsburgh, losing to KC, losing to Tampa, losing to Buffalo. Like, those are games I expect them to lose because they're good, but maybe they're not at that level yet. But I definitely think that they are better than majority of their schedule. So that's why I've got them 12 and 5. Um, I have the Ravens one at 12 and 5. Um, I know you don't like their offense, but when Lamar Jackson is not trying to force the ball to Hollywood Brown, who they got rid of, they gave him to Arizona. um, He plays better. When Mark Andrews is the focal point, they play better. Um, When Lamar Jackson is just loosey goosey in the offense where he can go literally anywhere, doesn't have to worry about trying to get this receiver, his catches, this other receiver, his yards, he has to get a touchdown here. He plays so much better. And I think that is the reason why they got rid of, of um, Hollywood Brown. And I love, I know you're, this is going to be crazy to you, but I love their defense. And the reason I say that is this, we forget that all of their secondary was hurt last year. Mm-hmm. Their main two, three running backs were hurt last year. Baltimore had nothing but injuries last year. Everyone is coming back, and they're going to be healthy. This Baltimore, I I know Lamar Jackson right now is kind of on like a like trying to get that contract extension and whatnot. Um, I'm sure Baltimore is like, yeah, we're definitely going to do that. This guy, all he does is win. Last year, they had a rough go, and they still made it to an 8-9 and nine record, which I think is quite impressive with what they had been going through and the division that they were in with the Cleveland Browns team, who a lot of people thought were definitely getting in the playoffs. Obviously, the Cincinnati Bengals, who got into the Super Bowl, and Pittsburgh, who were on their last leg, yet still got to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I think this Baltimore Ravens team is way better than than what you're thinking it is because I think they dealt with a lot of adversity last year. And I felt like they were actually pretty decent last year for what they had to overcome. I love Lamar Jackson. I think he's a tremendous quarterback. Um, I think he doesn't get his, uh, his uh, the people don't pay his dues because he has an awkward throwing motion, but listen, it's been working mm-hmm. and you know what? He's re- ridiculously fast he's ridiculously athletic and he can make any throw on the field that you need him to now of course i understand his playoff record yada 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 luckily we're not talking about playoffs we're talking about regular season Mm -hmm. i love lamar jackson and then you add his running backs that are coming back specifically um dobbins who i love coming out of college he and he was really good when he was playing but like i said he got hurt um, and then you bring back Gus Edwards, who was a nice uh, change of pace for the Ravens. This is going to be a tough Ravens team. I like this Ravens team a lot. I liked them last year, of course. Couldn't predict injuries, so I don't feel bad about having them at number one. And plus, their schedule is they're facing teams like the Jets, um, the Dolphins, which you're not high on. I'm very high on, but I can see the Ravens completely – pressuring uh Tua 
and making that game hard. I, you know, I'm not actually that excited about the Patriots this year. Um, you know, the Bills game, of course, that's going to be a tough one. Um, but then they face like Giants, Carolina, New Orleans, Jacksonville, Atlanta. Um, you know, they've, I have them losing game, obviously splitting games with the whole division. Um, but I have them losing, uh, to Tampa Bay and Denver. And I would say the bills, but I think in Baltimore, I think they actually have a really good chance of beating the bills, but I would be okay if you said there's no way that's fine. If you want to give them 11 and six instead of 12 and five, I don't really have a problem with that, but either way I have them winning the division because I think this team is actually that good. So you mentioned that we get one amendment per division, right? Yes. Okay. Stick this one in your back pocket. I think you're going to need it. I just, I just looked at the Ravens roster. I'm not saying anything that their defense isn't great. And this is no slander to Lamar Jackson. I think he deserves big money. He is a great player. I don't, I, I agree that he's a very underrated passer. He gets knocked a lot because maybe it's an awkward delivery, but he's a winner. Like a, you know, I, I don't know how else to stress that. Mm-hmm. Who else is he throwing the ball to, though? Who else? I mean, name me another receiver on his team off the top of your head other than Bateman. And Andrews doesn't count because Andrews is basically an all pro on that team. He doesn't have <laughs> Andrews any doesn't weapons. count, but he's an all pro. Well, no, yeah. I mean, no. That's OK, fair. so he's another notable receiver. Sure. But he plays tight end. So who else is Lamar going to throw the ball to? Who else is he spreading it to? But that's that's my point is he was throwing to Sammy Watkins and Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown is not a number one receiver. Sammy Watkins isn't even a number two receiver. Sammy Watkins is now playing for uh, who? The the um, the Packers now? Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to. He's so, going to be their number one. So, so then you this think, is what I'm saying is he uh-huh. has not had these top ten top tier receivers other than Mark Andrews, he's Mark Andrews is a safety net. Great. That's no problem. The other receivers, they haven't done much with him because he has to force the ball to Hollywood Brown every single time because he's supposedly their number one receiver. Now, mm-hmm. he literally has no ego at receiver. He can go to anyone he wants to at any time, plus he's getting his running game back. I Okay. I guess this is where I have a hard time with the receiving core because – Yes, they don't have Hollywood Brown and Sammy Watkins, but who they have now, it's not like it's an upgrade. And I get it. They're no-namers, but... No, I get that. I understand I, that. Then, my, then what I'm saying then is if they don't have any other like named players or other weapons, then I then expect them to be maybe 500 or not 500, flip a coin for it, because they don't have any offensive weapons that are going to threaten any other team because if it's a run game style offense, then they're just going to play contain and these receivers aren't going to be able to make a play on the ball when they, when it's thrown to them, no matter what Lamar Jackson does, he can put it literally in their hands. And if they can't come up with it because they're not experienced, then what are we talking about here? But I guess, man, I'm just, I, it's not Lamar. It's not the defense. It's the rest of the pieces around them that I just don't trust. I just don't see it. So I just feel like that the Ravens have never had this gaudy receiving core 
Um, and they still make it work because they're mainly a running team. And I think they're just telling everyone, listen, we're going to run, but we do believe in Lamar Jackson that much. And I do as well. I don't, I don't think they're completely, um, off the rocker for, for thinking that I think this is an actually uh, really good team. And like I said, there's no ego that you have to worry about now. You, you don't have to worry about Richard Bateman, you know, even if he is talking, it's really not going to be that big of a deal because no one's going to want to listen to Richard Bateman. So I, I, I think it's actually a blessing in disguise. I've seen it time and time again with, with quarterbacks and receivers Mm -hmm. constantly about, you know, when they get freedom to throw to whoever they want to, um, it actually usually works out a lot better for them. So I sure hope so, man, because I don't see it. But hey, that's fine. If I'm wrong, then you get to say that I was wrong. I can't wait. But I, I, uh, wait. I, I think you're really underselling how how good this team is. We'll see. In my man. opinion. All right, that's fine. All right, well, that's that's all we got, man. That's it. That's all we had. So thank you guys so much uh, for listening. Uh, yes, you, you're well. Hopefully you're watching this on YouTube. But if you're not and you're listening on podcast, we, we appreciate that as well, of course. I'm more of the podcast guy. Cody likes the YouTube stuff. Uh, I, I like the, uh, the radio side because I don't have that pretty of a face. So, you know, when I, and I have to watch the videos so I know what I look like and what I'm saying and, you know, how I can get better. And I hate watching it every single time. I hate it. I'm always like, oh God, I got a double chin this time. Oh, you can see, you can see the chocolate that I had before I went on. So... I just, I critique myself so much, but, um, we appreciate you guys listening. However you're listening. Thank you so much. It is such a huge, um, awesome and huge thing that you guys do for us to just take time out of your day, whether it's like a minute or two and you guys listen to barely that much. I, it's still, it means a whole lot to us. So we appreciate that so much. Um, like I said at the top of the show, go listen to the podcast, which is going to be on the major podcast, which is Spotify, Apple, and iHeart. So uh, subscribe, rate, and review. One star, let us know what we're doing wrong that you don't like so we can change it. Uh, if it's a five star, let us know what you love. That way we can continue to do it. Uh, social medias, which is that uh, we we're on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that jazz, which is all going to be Drew Code uh, Sports Talk. Uh, or some variation of that. You'll see it in the description, so I'm not going to go any further in that because I don't want to. Uh, (laughs) But um, also, uh, we are going to be doing... uh, We're going to be doing NFC South next week. And I know, Cody, you'll probably touch on this a little bit. Um, I think you and I will fight about that one because you said you like the Saints. I don't think I'm as high on the Saints as... I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask you what it is, but uh, I think that one will be kind of interesting to to talk about as well. But um, so go check out, listen to next week's as well. And if you haven't heard last week, we talked about the NFC North. Um, I mean, I don't think it was really anything surprising, other than you and I had three and four different. Uh, that was about it. So uh, go check it out, though. Uh, you know, we talk about. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers thing situation a little bit. And I think that was pretty good discussion. So 
Go check it out. And then uh, check out our partners over at fnxfitness.com, which uh, you can get a 15% off of your whole purchase by using our promo code, which is in the link description. Um, And if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, it'll be obviously underneath your screen. So go check that out. Um, They are great, great partners of ours. They have great workout gear, great workout supplements. Um, I love, that's probably my favorite protein shake I've ever had. So go check them out if you're into, into the fitness regime. So I'm going to pass it to Cody where he will finish it and tell you about some things we have coming up. Thank you, Drew. All right, guys. So again, as Drew had mentioned, don't forget to follow us, subscribe to us, like, share, comment, all that good stuff. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Also, subscribe, download the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel. I am actually a huge podcaster, so I just will say that I I dabble in YouTube and in podcasting. We are are all over, so feel free to to, um, listen or watch us wherever you guys are at. Uh, I did want to say, though, uh, that we will be doing a fantasy football league this year. So we want you guys to be in our league. I'm actually just about done with making the logo for the league. So, Drew, I haven't sent that to you yet, but I was working on it today. So I'll have to send that over to you. But we will be having a league this year. So what we want to do is we want to have a live stream draft with, you know, the other 10 teams and want to be able to brag about it want to be able to interact with you guys the only question we want to know is if we want to do it on espn or on nfl.com those are pretty much the two popular ones so Mm -hmm. you guys are interested in joining our fantasy football league dm us or shoot us an email at drewcodesportstalk at gmail.com and we'd love to send out invites and get to know you guys have you guys in the league have some great time and uh, as uh, we get more participants, we'll be rolling out more information about what will be in uh, the, the league. Um, it's not monetary quite yet just because we're we're broke. So, you know, we just do this for fun. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're thinking of some fun prizes and merch and something like that. So we're working out details still. But if you guys are interested, again, uh, DM us, email us. We'd love to be able to do our league with you guys and then, you know, make it an annual thing and have lots of fun and get to meet you guys. So I think that's pretty much it. Uh, like Drew said, we will be doing the NFC South next week, which should be a ton of fun as it always is. And we'll probably be recapping again the NBA Finals as we always do. Uh, if you guys want to interact with us, find us on social. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Drew, man. Thanks for being here, and I'll probably talk to you in the morning on Polo. So, <laughs> thought you were going to say drug free, <laughs> stay drug free. I honestly, God, thought you were going to say it. <laughs> well, I can probably end it on that too. <laughs> I know you will. All yeah, right, you will. But stay drug free. It's the way to be. Uh, be a hero, which means you got to be drug zero. It's it's an inside joke. All right, guys, have a good one. Strong mind causes mayhem. We could change the world, change times, rearrange them. Staying on pace, running the race. Life is a chase. I don't want to place. I want to be first. Work till it hurts. Dehydrated thirst till I'm in a hearse. Oh, high ambitions in the right mind can take.